Welcome back to another episode of the Triangle Sports Take, our first episode of 2024. So happy new year to all our loyal fans. Um, we're just hopping on here today. It's uh, I'm in studio, got Cody joining me by phone. Unfortunately, Mitchell had something come up last minute, so he actually will not be on this episode unless he uh, uh, calls in here in a little bit. But don't think he'll be on here today, unfortunately. Uh, getting on here today just to talk a little... Uh, wrap up a little bit of college football. That season's over with now, but mainly going to touch on college basketball since we haven't been able to talk about that too, too much. We are recording this uh, the day after the Carolina-NC State game, so I'm sure me and Cody will discuss that a little bit. And uh, then we do have a um, another segment at the end of the show. It's actually, uh, we're trying to do a little something new each episode in 2024 kind of switch things up a little bit so the segment at the end of the show that we have is uh listener submitted questions we just have a few of those we did ask some listeners a few months ago if they had any uh any questions they wanted to ask us to send that in so we're going to save that for the end of the show just to kind of quickly touch on college football uh congratulations to michigan national champions they defeated Washington the other night. Uh, congrats to our good friend Casey, one of our friends from high school, is a big Michigan fan. And uh, congrats to our good friend, head coach Jim Harbaugh. Uh, the Wolverines, definitely the best team in college football this year, went 15 and 0. Pretty pretty solid national championship game. Not the best one I've ever seen. Not the worst one I've ever seen. Um, and then I do believe the final score was 34 to 13. So add those two numbers together, I believe that gives us 47. So for those of you who don't remember, that is how many push-ups Mitchell is going to have to do for finishing in last place uh, in the college football picks this year. So we'll uh, we'll figure out when he has to do that. Probably put that on Instagram Live or something. So everyone uh, keep up with our social media platforms, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, to be on the lookout for that. And then uh, just another quick thing I wanted to touch on football before we jump into basketball real quick. A uh, couple big uh, coaching announcements. Nick Saban announced the other day he's retiring from Alabama. As much as I've hated Alabama over the years, Nick Saban is probably the GOAT of college football. Um, don't think I can deny that. And then I uh, actually just announced today, the day we're recording this, Bill Belichick and the Patriots are parting ways. And that's someone else. I've hated the Patriots for years, but honestly, I have to admit, Belichick's probably the goat of the NFL. So big, big news with both of those guys uh, not coming back next season. And, and I guess that does lead me to the question I wanted to ask you, Cody. Who do you think had the better run? Did you think Saban with Alabama or Belichick with uh, the Patriots? Man, that's, uh, I don't know. It's challenging to say. Um, because they both coach in such different realms, you know what I'm saying? Because Belichick, obviously he got to work with Tom Brady for so many years. Um, you know, when you think Bill Belichick, you think Patriots, you think Super Bowls, you think Tom Brady. Um, but with Saban, unless you're a diehard college football fan, Obviously, you know some of his recent quarterbacks between McCarron and Tua and those guys. But, I mean, you don't necessarily associate him with any particular player because at most you have him four years. Um, Bryce Young, 
but it's just kind of uh, I almost think saving because there's so much that goes into like recruiting and creating a program, building it out, making it what it is. So part of me leans towards that. And also, he never had a down year. Once Tom Brady left, you saw the decline of Bill Belichick. And I'm not sure if that's a changing NFL that he didn't adapt to or um, or poor management by like the general manager, poor drafts. Um, speaking of Alabama quarterbacks, wasn't Mac Jones one? He was, yeah. 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 So, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, to me, I, I, I tend to lean towards Saban, but that's just just my opinion. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably agree with you on that. Um, I think the main thing is it seems like Saban never fell off. I mean, even this past year he had his team SEC champs and um, in the college football playoff while you mentioned Belichick these last few years hasn't had as much success. Um, part of that might be, I guess, in college football you can kind of reload your team more than you can in the NFL. But, yeah, I'd probably agree with you and say obviously both guys are at the top of their profession, but I'd probably lean a little bit more towards Saban's run being a little bit more impressive. Is there anything more you want to add football-wise, or do you want to go ahead and jump into basketball? Uh, one other thing about Saban is you can really see how, like, he's a, he's done well at adapting to, like, changes in college football mm-hmm. like you went from no tournament per se it was just the top two teams played in the national title and then there was you know the college football playoff and then you know the advent of the transfer portal nil money being on the table you know a whole bunch of different factors that came to play while he was a coach and he seemed to just kind of take everyone in stride even if he voices his displeasure with them he you know he still makes it work which i think says a lot about his adaptability and being able to work with whatever situation he's dealt yeah yeah that's that's a good point there's been a lot of change in college football especially the last five years or so and it seems like he hasn't missed a beat and he's adapted to everything um I would even say, in my opinion, I think his most impressive coaching job might have been this year because at the beginning of the season, this Alabama team wasn't looking very good. It looked like the Alabama dynasty was over, and then next thing you know, they're winning every single game, win the SEC, beat Georgia, make it to the college football playoff. I mean, they were close to knocking off Michigan. So, um, yeah. And, I mean, even even his last year, he was still at the top of his game. I guess he just decided he wanted to go out on, wanted to go out on top, and or not really go out on top, but go out near the top, and uh, I guess he just didn't want to deal with the NIL stuff anymore. Plus, I mean, he is early 70s, too, I'm pretty sure. Any final thoughts on uh, Carolina football for this year? Uh, I don't know. I mean, they they lost the bowl game. I didn't really care that much about the bowl game. Drake May did not play in the bowl game, which I don't blame him one bit for doing. I mean, he's going to be a first-round draft pick, so why the heck would you wait, you know, risk getting hurt in the freaking Duke's Mayo Bowl. So uh, the QB Carolina had, Connor Harrell, he, he seems pretty solid. I mean, he's not going to be Drake May or Sam Howell uh, level, but he seems pretty solid. And I, I don't know, um, defensive coordinator Gene Chizik got fired, which I think is the the right call there. Um, 
I don't know. It's going to be a weird offseason. I'm not really sure what to expect going forward. It sounds like Mac Brown is coming back, which I'm, I'm fine with. I know some people want him gone, but I, I was of the the mindset of if he leaves, I'm not, I wouldn't be devastated, but I also wasn't necessarily wanting him to leave. I think he's earned the right to come back. Um, I don't know. That, that's really all I've got. You got uh, any, any last thoughts you got on state football? No, I mean, decent season. Uh, I mean, in essence, it was the ultimate average NC State season. Uh, I'd say it was a little it, above average. Not much, but slightly above. Yeah. yeah, it's what we've come to expect under Dave Dorn. Um, I guess is a better way of saying it. Um, Peyton Wilson didn't play our bowl game. We lost our bowl game. Didn't really care. Um Interesting question for you, though. How do you fix bowl games now that so many people sit out? Understandably so. Like I would have, I would have thought Peyton Wilson was crazy playing in the bowl game. You know, one of the top defensive players of the year. Honestly, has been the last two or three years. But also one of those guys that has a long injury history. You know, he'd have been crazy to play. Um, risking injury going into the draft. I'm sure he'll be a second or third rounder. If he didn't have the injury history he did, I'm sure he'd be a top 10 pick. So in your eyes, how do you fix bowl games? I I really have no idea. Um, I do think the fact that they're going to a 12-team playoff will help a little bit. Like you'll have, you know, more meaningful, a, a bigger number of meaningful games now since you're going from four to 12. So I think that will help a little bit. But I, I don't know. I think you're I think you're probably always gonna have some bowl games where you're just you're having guys opt out because it's just not worth it to them. So I think the twelve team playoff help, helps a little bit. I do think that like those smaller schools that are going like six and six, seven and five, you know, teams like I don't know, I guess App State's a good example, who don't have as many pro players. I do feel like they are more excited to play in a bowl game. And since they don't have as many potential pro players, you've got more guys thinking, hey, this could be the last time I ever play football, so they're going to play. You know, I think it is more of the bowl games with the bigger schools who are not in the playoff. That's where the issue is. And the 12-team playoff will eliminate a few of those and kind of make them more meaningful. Other than that, I, I really don't have any bright ideas on it. Yeah. Makes sense. I was just curious. It's mm-hmm. It's almost like all-star games and Major League Baseball or NBA or anything else in Pro Bowl and football. It's like, you know, how do you make this matter? Because at the end of the day, it's just not that entertaining. Yeah, yeah. I mean, speaking of the Pro Bowl, I'm pretty sure they, like, did away with that. They just do, like, skills challenges and stuff now. Yeah, Um, exactly. But, yeah, I guess guess that's all we got for football now, kind of closing the book on that. I mean, the NFL playoffs are still going on, so we're definitely going to keep up with that. But college football is done, so I'm going to kind of shift gears, talk some college basketball. We haven't been able to talk too much college basketball yet this season. I mean, we've still got a couple months to go, still, you know, halfway through, I guess you could say. Um, but since Mitchell's not on here, he can't really give his thoughts on Duke, so uh, I'll throw a couple quick ones out there. I think they didn't start off quite as strong as people thought they would with all the experience they have coming back, but... Uh, they're struggling there for a little bit. Now they've kind of reeled off a few wins in a row, stringed a few uh, good good W's in a row, so I guess they're kind of getting back on track. But uh, that's our that's our Duke update. You know, when we don't have the Duke guy on, we don't have a whole lot more than that to say. But moving on to 
Carolina and State, and I guess uh, the bigger picture, just to kind of give some thoughts on how Carolina's season has gone so far. Uh, honestly, it's been better than I expected. They, they've, I think they're at the moment sitting at twelve and three overall. They're four and zero in the ACC at the time we're recording this. The only three games they've lost have all been to you know good teams who you don't really hang your head about losing to. They lost to Villanova, UConn, and Kentucky all on neutral neutral floors. Um, UConn and Kentucky seem really really good. Like those two might be the two best teams in the country in my opinion. Um, but I, I feel like the Heels have done well. They've got some good wins too. They beat Tennessee at home in a whiteout. I was at that game. That's probably been the best win of the year, favorite game of the year so far. Uh, beat Oklahoma on a neutral floor. And then they just went through a three-game road stretch in the ACC, which that's never easy playing back-to-back-to-back road games. And they won all of them. They beat Pittsburgh. They beat Clemson. They just beat NC State. Uh, so I, I've been pleasantly surprised. I mean, I thought this team would be decent, but they're actually doing better than I thought they would so far. Uh, obviously, they still have a long way to go. We'll see how the rest of it plays out. But at the moment, sitting in first place in the ACC, can't complain about that one bit. Uh, just to kind of speak on some specific players, uh, Armando Baycott has not done as well as I thought he would. He's kind of fallen off a little bit compared to last year, but you know, thankfully that hasn't hurt us too, too much yet. Uh, R.J. Davis is a baller this year. He is playing his best basketball. Um, I think he led the team in scoring, I believe it was seven, seven games in a row, which I think someone said that hadn't been done since Tyler Hansborough did it the year he won National Player of the Year. So if you're in conversation with Tyler Hansborough, you're obviously doing something right. And then um, uh, as far as transfers, the transfer I've enjoyed watching play the most has got to be Harrison Ingram, transfer from Stanford. Uh, he, he's just one of those guys, he's kind of the heartbeat of the team, as some people say. I mean, he's... Someone who, you know, he can go score in the post. He can knock down some threes. He can play shutdown defense. He can rebound the ball. I mean, he, he can kind of do a little bit of everything and just help your team whatever way you need it. Um, he had a couple games recently where he was scoring a bunch of points, and then the other night against NC State, it seemed like he couldn't hit a shot, but he pulled down 19 rebounds, which I've never even heard of a non-true post player at Carolina getting that many rebounds. I mean, he's like 6'6", six, six, maybe 6'7", six, so he's more like a – a small forward kind of guy, but um, yeah, overall excited with how the season's going so far. Excited to see how it goes the rest of the way. I think I said coming into this year that this was going to be an important year to really see what kind of coach Hubert Davis is because his first season went a lot better than people expected it. His second season went a lot worse than people expected it. So season number three, I think he's coaching pretty well so far. Um, He's doing better with you know kind of using the depth that he has and making adjustments in the game uh, while they're while the game's happening. So yeah, overall pretty happy about that. Um, we'll we'll talk about the the state Carolina game. Maybe give a few thoughts on that. But first, Cody, do you have any like you know big picture thoughts on how state has looked so far and how you think they'll look going forward? Yeah, I mean, I'm still on board to Kevin Keats out train. <laughs> Um, that hasn't changed. I'll be honest, I haven't watched a whole lot of state basketball because when I have watched it, I've been bored and or disappointed. Um, the same problems that we've had the last three to four years are the same problems that still persist. 
if our press doesn't work, we don't have an organized defense and or we don't act like we know how to play defense. Offensively, we uh, are very mundane and average. We play well on the fast break. And if we have to break down a half-court defense, we uh, can't really do it that effectively. Um, so we haven't beaten anybody spectacular. We don't have any terrible, terrible losses. We're the epitome of a mediocre, maybe bubble team. Um, and I think our weak, weak, weak non-conference schedule hurts us more than anything else. Um, we don't have a fantastic score. Uh, what is it? DJ Horn, he's supposed to be our... You know, our all-world score, and I'm sorry, averaging 13 and a half, 14 points a game, shooting 40% from the floor, just ain't cutting it. Um, nobody gets assists on our team. I don't know what's up with the ISO ball. I think our highest assist guy is averaging like two and a half assists a game. Um, that's just, it, it, it doesn't cut it. So... Um, we don't shoot the ball well. If we touch on the State of Carolina game, I think we ought to just call it the Brick Fest of 2024. <laughs> yeah. uh, good Lord. I think State shot like 2 of 20 from 3, and I think they shot like 28% total from the floor. I mean, it was just... They, they, were, they were 0 for 12 from 3 at halftime. I know that. It was abysmal, awful. If we could have shot 35%, we'd have been in the game. Mm -hmm. um, and that's not because of how well we played defense. It's because Carolina couldn't shoot worth crap either. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, it, to be completely fair, and Carolina's a very good team this year, Carolina was the better of two bad teams that night. Um I don't think you came away from that game thinking, woo Carolina played well to win that one. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but... Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean... I'm not, I'm not excited about state basketball. Uh, yeah, I mean, kind of transitioning to talk a little about that game. Uh, Carolina won by, I believe it was 13 or 15. But, yeah, I, I, someone described it... I heard someone describe it exactly as you did. It was basically a brick fight. I mean, especially that first half. My gosh, it was neither team could buy a basket it was it was some very ugly basketball especially with some of the turnovers happening too um but yeah then there's basically the difference in the game was there there was that one stretch about midway through the second half where carolina kind of caught fire rj davis knocked down a few shots baycott finally got going cormac ryan i think hit a couple shots and you know all of a sudden they went from like a brick fest where no one could score to all of a sudden carolina was up 17 just like that and you know from there they, they had a big enough lead they kind of kind of um, hold on to it, but yeah, I mean it was it was a good win for Carolina in the fact that they they won a game, an ugly game where you can't really shoot the ball very well. Sometimes you're gonna have to win games like that. Sometimes you have to win them ugly, and I'll, I'll take an ugly win any day of the week. All all I care about is the team winning. So you know, it wasn't a pretty game, but I was happy with the end result. It it was interesting for a few different reasons in the fact that. 
Both Carolina and State were 3-0 in the ACC going into that game, which they said was the first time that's happened since, I think, 1974. So literally half a century ago. That's That, that was a crazy stat. Um, but, yeah, the game itself – kind of ugly felt like neither team could pull away until Carolina went on that run um what what did you think of the uh the Baycott versus Burns matchup last night Mm, honestly (laughs) could you could you really say there was a winner probably probably not I mean looking at so looking at the stat line here I, I would say Burns got the better of Baycott in the first half, while Baycott got the better of Burns in the second half. And if you look at the the stat line, I mean, neither of them really had that great of a game. DJ Burns had 11 points, two rebounds. Armando Baycott had nine points, five rebounds. So they didn't put up like the big numbers that they did against each other last year. Um, part of that was like foul trouble. Part of it was, I don't know, not, neither of them played like a ton of minutes. Neither of them played super good. DJ Burns had a few good shots and a few good offensive plays in the first half, but then it seemed like second half Carolina kind of shut them down while Baycott couldn't really do much in the first half. And then when they went on that run in the second half to pull away, he made a few good uh, few good moves, few good shots, had a good dunk in there. But, yeah, uh, they neither of them really put up the numbers that we saw them put up against each other last year, which was interesting. I won't classify it as much of anything other than just they were both there. Yeah, pretty much. Um, it, it was interesting. I didn't catch this during the game last night, but apparently on the play in the first half when Burns is like backing down Baycott a little bit and then kind of did a fadeaway, made the shot and won. It was a very good shot on his part. Apparently after that happened, he blew a kiss to the Carolina bench, which I'm like, you got to be pretty bold and, and kind of stupid in some ways to do that in the first half of a close game. That's like that's something you do after you've sealed the game and you're up like 20 in the second half, which – I didn't realize he did that until I was looking through Twitter last night. That kind of got kind of surprised me that he did something like that in the first half of a game. Yeah, that's to be honest with you, that's just another one of my beefs with uh, with old Kevin Keats. Just why are you letting guys do stuff like that? It's just it's just ammo. It's just creating more drive for Carolina to kick you. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we've talked about in the past, you know, going back to football between Carolina and State, you know, we talked about Drake May's comments a year ago, kind of talking crap about State and how that probably motivated State a little bit. Um, this was kind of the same thing, but reverse, you know, basketball, and it was DJ Burns doing something like that. I, I think that probably created some uh, more motivation for Carolina to kind of get it going and make sure they won that game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, felt like that was something interesting to bring up. Um I don't know. I don't have a whole lot more on that game other than I'm glad Carolina won. Like we've mentioned a few times now, it was an ugly game. They do play each other again near the end of the season, I think beginning of March in Chapel Hill. Do you have anything else you want to add on college basketball? I think I've pretty much said what I want to say. No, I'm pretty much good. Okay, cool, cool. We'll probably probably try and do our next episode right after the Carolina Duke game. Uh, first matchup in early February. I think that's when we'll probably shoot for another one so we can uh, we'll make sure we have Mitchell on for that one so we can talk that one and kind of give another further update. Um, but before we wrap this episode up, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, do have a quick uh, little segment to wrap it up. Like I said, we're going to try and do a few different little segments 
uh, throughout this year of 2024 just to kind of change things up and do something different. The one we're going to do today um, is listener submitted questions. I'm pulling them up right now. So these are questions submitted by our loyal fans. We've got a whopping three questions in here uh, that they want to ask to us. Obviously, it'll be a little bit different since Mitchell's not on here, just two-thirds of the pod, but me and Cody will try to answer these as best we can. The first question is, is a pretty simple one we can answer right off the bat, and this uh, anonymous listener said, who came up with the name Triangle Sports Take? Uh, that was actually neither me nor Cody. It was actually Mitchell. And uh, if this person listened to the episode with the wives on it, then they would have known that. That was one of the questions on there. So, yeah, that, that's the first question. Second uh, listener submitted question. This one might be one more of one you'll have to answer, Cody. Or maybe even Mitchell will have to if we can get him on later uh, on another episode. But this question from the anonymous listener is, he's talking about the sound, the, the can open sound. Uh, that we put at the beginning of every episode. They're asking, what type of drink was that? I, I don't remember. I think it was you or Mitchell who did that. Do you have any idea what kind of drink we used for that? Yeah, it was a Pepsi I had in the fridge. I shook it up and opened it. Okay, it was a Pepsi. Okay. Yeah, I knew we did that. Um, that was before our first episode, for people who don't know. I knew we did that at your old house. but I And I know it was either you or Mitchell. I couldn't remember. But you said you shook it up before you opened it? Yeah, that way it would have a little more pop and fizz to it oh okay okay oh that's nice i like that i didn't remember that cool um and last uh last listener submitted question here says who is the person you would be most excited to interview on the show um i'll just keep it to i'll just keep it to like a sports coach or athlete or legend or whatever i'd like to to interview on the show if I could ever interview either Tyler Hansborough or Roy Williams, I don't think anything would ever top that for me. And I would probably, I would probably sit down and ask them questions for like an hour before they're like, "Dude, stop asking questions. I gotta go do something else." You know, I'd probably get a little carried away with it. But yeah, I think my answer would have to be uh, Tyler Hansborough or Roy Williams, one, one of those two. Um, do you have uh, any any athlete, coach, anyone in particular you would uh, put for that question, Cody, or that answer? Yeah, it would probably be Philip Rivers, um, just because uh, you know he had obviously an incredible NC State career, and then also uh, a pretty incredible NFL career, barring not winning Super Bowl. But if I didn't interview him, it would either be uh, Rodon or Trey Turner, and ask him about the College World Series and kind of what what that meant and how that was even though they didn't win it but just participating in it and then it'd be really cool to ask Trey Turner about winning the uh, winning the actual World Series with the Nationals and kind of just you know that wild ride and everything else so I think probably those two especially Trey Turner where he's both won the World Series and lost the World Series just mm-hmm. kind of hear you know both sides of that how how high that high is, how how awful that low is on both sides of it, even though it didn't happen at State. Um, yeah. But, you know, they also lost the College World Series, too, so. Yeah, yeah, that, that, those were some good ones. Um, I'm kind of surprised you didn't mention Russell Wilson. Yeah, I, I don't know. 
to me, Philip Rivers had the had the cooler NC State career, yeah. um, and then also uh, having a longer NFL career so far. We'll see if Russell Wilson can turn it around, but uh, I just think Philip Rivers would be a more entertaining interview. Yeah, yeah, he, he probably would be. Um, okay, well, I think that is probably all we have today. Any any last things you want to say before we sign off? No, hope you have a happy 2024. All right, yeah, once again, wishing a happy new year to everybody. We appreciate everyone tuning in, and we'll talk to you all next time.